Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. It's great to see you guys this morning. Um, Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your love and your goodness and just being with us and so just being so faithful to us and and we give you the praise for that. Holy Spirit, speak through me this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, how many ate their fill of turkey? I can't raise my hand because we didn't do turkey. So so we did a roast. We did a check roast, had a great Great Thanksgiving, and I'm super thankful for that. Um, yeah, I was just thinking, um, I'm going to start here in First John, or in John 1 again, and you're like, why are you going to John 1? Because it's about Jesus. I love talking about Jesus, and then, then we're going to roll into a few other places. But it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was he was God in the beginning. Through him, some things were made. All. Through him, a couple things were made. All, All things? All things. Man, i got to get that right. <laughs> Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. I love it because Jim was reading that about about those who are in darkness saw a great light. And we're going into a season like you see lights everywhere, like even the church, you know, in our houses on the Christmas trees. And then, um, like, um, you can't even go to, like, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> like, they got this creepy tunnel. Like, it's creepy in the day because it's just like this PVC stuff. Like, I didn't eat there, but Linda did, right? And, and so, so I'm not eating anything that tries to kill you. And so far, it's like plants. Every plant's trying to kill you. So I'm, like, not eating that, right? And so it goes, like, animals, they can run from you? Like, plants can't, so all they can do is produce toxins. So I was like, you know what? I'm not eating that stuff no more. I'm just going to eat, you know, if I can run it down and, and kill it and eat it, then that's good for me, right? But, but anyway, so, but like, they got these creepy things, man, and it's just like this PVC thing, but at night, when the light comes on, that's when you want to go to Chick-fil-A, right? And so, so, and they're chickens, like, heavenly, Right? So so anyway, so you, you go through here, but there's these lights, and that light makes a difference, right? It pierces the darkness. In fact, when that light shines, the darkness just has to dissipate. But we're coming into that season, and, and I, love, I love the Christmas season because like, I got married the day after Christmas. And um, I did that on purpose, so I'd never forget. It's actually Boxing Day in Canada also. And I thought it meant like this, so I thought, what a perfect way for, for marriage, right? Because it's just like, but it wasn't boxing, it was like putting stuff in boxes. But anyway, so I got married, and we always go to Leavenworth, usually for years and years for 
the day after to celebrate our, our anniversary. And one of the things I love about it is the lights and the atmosphere and, and all, the, all the good stuff that comes along with the celebration. And it does something to your life and your heart, and it just lifts you up. And so when I think about light, I think about that. But then I think about like, like where I grew up, there's nothing out there but cowboys, coyotes, and rattlesnakes, right? And when it's dark out there, it's dark, especially if it's cloudy, except you can look up in the sky and you can see the stars and the stars and the moon when the full moon and it's just lighting everything up. And even in the darkness and where it seems like dark, there's light. And so it made me think, Really, we're celebrating the light, but the Bible's talking about the light right here. And he's not saying that light's just a thing or an object, but he's saying the light's a person. He's saying he is light. Without him and through him, all things were, were made. And so, um, so I think it's real important for us to understand who he is and what he done in this season. Cause like, I, so I think, I like really for the next couple of weeks, I want to concentrate on who is Jesus? Mm-hmm. Like, who was he? I mean, why is it such a big deal that we're still celebrating him after 2,000 years? Why is that such a big deal? I mean, there's got to be more to it than he was just a great teacher, that he was just a good man, that he was just here for us. There's more to it. And that's what the Bible's saying. In him and through him, all things were made. So, like, listen, he's not God Jr. He wasn't this, like, come in human form and then all of a sudden become God Jr. He's one with the Father. He's one with the Holy Spirit. The three in one, mutually um, involved in our creation. But it's saying in and through him, all things were created. So, so that makes Jesus... Pretty important. The one who created the heavens and the earth and the sun and the moon and you is the one who come down here and was born. And he says, you know what? It's not just good enough to, to come, at, come down here or to, to create you, but I'm going to come down as you. And I'm going to live like you are. And I'm going to walk like you walk. And I'm going to feel what you feel. And I'm going to go through the things that you go through. Because I love you. And then I'm going to die on a cross. But then I can't stay dead because guess what? I am life. Right? That death that he died was our death, not his. And so he is the resurrection and the life. So he comes back alive. So it's just not a mortal man we're celebrating. It's just not a normal baby we're celebrating. It's just not something common that we're celebrating. So I have this... I had, um, had this filly. I'm really proud of her. She actually won the... Um, we had got her a new home this year, and I got her breeding with her, too, at, to another one of my mares, but she she won the Buckskin Northwest Buckskin Futurity a couple months ago, and she's like my third best filly. Don't tell the lady that's got her that. <laughs> you know? But she's, they're all really nice, and so I was really proud of her, but I got this breeding, and it's still a horse that, that went for the run... run for a million and so so I'll ha- I didn't use it this year but I'll use it on something next year and so I'm really excited about this breeding and, and about this horse and I know when it comes it's going to be fabulous right why because it's not going to be common 
it's not going to be ordinary, right? It's just, just not like some Joe Smo that's not ever done anything. This horse has done some stuff, right? And so it's going to have great value and a great purpose, and I can already see what it looks like and see where it's going and see what it's doing, right? Now, if I can get that excited about a future horse, how much more excited should I be that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe, come down and he come down to be me and die for me and to live as me so that now I can live as him. It's pretty good news, right? Because see, he was born once, but now when we're born again, really, guess who's born again? Jesus. It's like Christmas all over again, right? Because now he's like, oh, wow, look, I already paid for your sins, and now we're born again. Now I'm born in you. Like, like I think we almost got it. Like, we are born again, but he's born in us, too. So it's like a resurrection for Jesus, too. And so it's something that we can be excited about as we go through this Christmas and, and these holidays. And like, I love Santa Claus. Like, like if they'd let me, I'd still sit on his lap and ask for a pony. <laughs> right? Or a football. Or just for the Oklahoma Sooners to win a game. Just give me that, right? You know? Not get beat at the last minute, you know? So, so but Christmas isn't about just Santa. Not that I'm against Santa. You know, go Santa, go. Right? But what I am more focused on in this season is I want to focus on Jesus. Have fun with Santa and the little elves and all those things. But I don't want to forget that this season is about Jesus and who he is and what he's done in, through, and for us. And when we figure that out, then it it changes everything in this season. You know, it's one of the most depressing seasons for many people. You know, in this time, there's more suicides than a lot of in most times of the year. And it is just a stark contrast to what is really it's about. Because it's about Jesus and his love and his peace and his goodness and, and being joy, joy to the world, not woe is me. You know, that's in Isaiah, not, you know, not the parts where it's prophesying about Jesus, right? So it's real important this season, too, if we can lift Jesus up and reach out to people around and smile at him, even when they're growling at us, you don't know what they're going through. And so love on people and let Jesus be born again and shine out of you and through you because he's got a plan and a purpose for you and for your life. No matter how dark it looks, no matter what it looks like, no matter how you feel, there's a plan and a purpose that God has for each and every one of you. That's for long life. He says you will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. This is your season. This is your season and your season and your season to declare and feel the love that God has for you. You you ain't no good. You you can't do no good checking out. (laughs) You got to stay right here. Stay in the fight and trust him, right? So here, 
here he says this. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. His name was John. It was, it was Yochanan in Hebrew, which, which means Yahweh's grace or Yahweh's mercy, right? He came as a witness to testify concerning the, that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and through the and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. That makes me think, and, and um, I keep talking about this because it always reminds me uh, of Jesus when he was at the tomb of Lazarus. He walks out there and they're like, oh, you're too late. Lazarus has died. It's over. There's no hope for me. Sisters were, were, were all, all going crazy. Everyone around him was just like, like well, it's done. We're, you, you're too late, Jesus. And Jesus, where, you, where were you at when I needed you on this? <laughs> He's like, I got it, boys. And they're all going back and forth all around him. And then that's one place where it says Jesus cried. Now, I know Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Like he says, I want to gather you like little chicks under my arms, right? But it says this. It's the shortest, shortest sentence in the, in the Bible. Do you know what it says? Jesus wept. And they're like, oh, look at him. He's crying for Lazarus. He was crying because he's like, I really was too late. I'm the creator of the universe and I can't even fix this. This is so bad. Like if I'd have just left like earlier, I could have got here. You know, if he had been dead only three days, I could have rose him. But this fourth day thing, like I can't do nothing about that. That's not what it said? No. Oh. Well, you know, he did mess up. So maybe he deserves it. And so, because. No, Jesus didn't do that? No. So here Jesus is crying. He's weeping. It says he wept. And I really think, and I look, and I think maybe the reason that he wept was not because of all those reasons was not because he loved Lazarus, and he did, not because he was like worried about his reputation, not because he, he was just disappointed, but I think he wept because the Bible says right here, through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made. They saw him as just a man. Since they didn't even recognize him. Here he is. The creator of the universe standing in front of him. The one person in the entire universe that they needed at the spot. And he was right there and they couldn't even see him. 
His own people didn't recognize him. They didn't know who he was. They didn't know where he'd come from. And that's my greatest fear in my life. Are we just looking at Jesus as a little baby who come and was born and was just a man? You know, he is just, just God in man's clothing, but there wasn't nothing special about him. Was he just common? Was he just ordinary? Did we, do we recognize really what this season is about? Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And his name shall be Emmanuel. And you know what that means? It means God went to the hot dog stand. He checked out. Emmanuel. God with us. And even greater than God with us, God in us. Or how about we just recognize him as he did come, he was God, he died on the cross for our sins, and, and I do believe that he rose again. And, and, or maybe I just believe he is a good man and a good teacher. Like I know history, history even points to that, but I don't really recognize him as who he really is. That's a great teacher. Even the Muslims believe that. No offense, Muslims. Everybody believes that. Muslims, Jews, whatever. Atheists believe that. Don't take much faith to believe that. It's a historical fact. Jesus was alive. He walked on the earth. But do they recognize who he really is? And do they recognize what he really done for them? Or he rose again, he died, rose again, was all those things in which he was? I'm pretty sure he's a great teacher. And then he went off to heaven. He says, good luck, boys. I'm checking out. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and that'll be like, like God Jr. at... And then you guys will be all good. And if you do everything perfect, if you keep all these things and get your life right and follow the Ten Commandments to a T, because really when it comes to the Ten Commandments, if you miss one, you're guilty of them all. And Jesus brought it to the pinnacle when he says, if you even think, if you, if you hate your brother, you're guilty of murder. Jesus took it to a place where none of those loopholes and things even mattered. Because what he was really trying to say is, you just need me. You just need to rest in me. You just need to rest in my finished work. Because we keep trying to do, 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 do. And Jesus is like, why are you doing when I done, done, done? Now all you have to do is be. Hebrews says that we labor to enter the rest. We fight to rest. That's our fight. That's my hardest fight on the entire planet is to stay rested. Right? right what is that? Because we want to fight things in our own power and take care of things in our own and then we want to save ourselves. And if I can just do this or I can just do that, I'm going to make it. 
tell you, I, w I grew up in some religious stuff, and my grandpa was sick, and um, I told God, I'll never mess up again. And I did. And the phone rang, and my grandpa had a heart attack. My grandpa died. And for several years, I blamed myself. I'll tell you why I blame myself. Because I told God I'd never mess up. And I made it like five minutes. Five minutes. That's all the better I could do. Then finally God come and he set me free. And he's like, James, you're a goo. It's a good thing. It's his time. He had to go. It's not good. You didn't kill him. But as a young kid... Those kind of things pop up in your mind. We hold on to things like that, and we make vows and promises to God, and then that don't go awry, and then we're blaming ourselves, and God's like, I don't even want to focus that. I don't even want you to focus on you. Put your focus on me. That's why the Bible's a mirror, right? Even personal development talk about the mirror effect. When, when you look in the mirror, what are you seeing in the mirror? Like, you might see, like, I look and I, wow, that's beautiful, right? And then God says, no, look at you in the spirit. And I was like, whoa, now that's really beautiful, right? But what are you looking at in the mirror? What are you seeing? The Bible talks about we look in the mirror dimly. When we're looking at, at scriptures, what we're seeing is ourself. He's revealing who we are, who we really are. If you just look at it like this as what you do, you're going to get crushed. But if you look at it from what he's done, you're going to find life. And abundant life. More life and life more abundant. And that's where Jesus was with, with all these people around at the tomb of Lazarus. And you know what he says? Remove the, remove the stone. Father, I thank you that you always hear me. When does he hear him? Always. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. And nothing happened. They're still laughing at him to this day. You know what happened? Here he comes. They didn't even go help him up, man. The dude's wrapped up. Like, no one even come and helped him up. And he comes, I'm coming, Jesus. I can't talk because my mouth's all wrapped up and I stink like I was dead or something. Because he knew. Every cell, every piece of DNA in his body knew who its creator was. His spirit, his soul, his subconscious, his conscious, his heart, everything knew. And at the command of Jesus, the creator of the universe, he came forth. They were looking for a resurrection Actually, some of them weren't even looking for a resurrection, but they were hoping. Like, I'm, sure, I'm surprised they even rolled the stone back. Like, at least someone had to have a much. I'm sure they did it. Oh, watch this. We're going to 
we're going to catch him up now. Maybe there's a Pharisee doing it. Hey, watch this. It's after the... We're going to trip him up. You know what Jesus said? I didn't do a resurrection. I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. He's a life that gives God, he's a God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Lazarus is dead. And Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And he came forth. It's a miracle. You think Christmas might have had a little bit different meaning for Lazarus? And for his sisters? What about the woman with the issue of blood that was just trying to get through Jesus through the crowd? She says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And she was healed. Now, in that day, she wasn't just sick and like going to the doctors. She was outcast from her entire family. She was completely and totally alone. She had spent everything she had trying to get well. And then one day she sees Jesus coming. Like she's not even supposed to be touching other people, let alone touching Jesus, because when she touched Jesus, she had contaminated him too. She was unclean. She was not fit to touch Jesus, let alone rustling through the crowd. And when she touched Jesus, you know what he did? He didn't even recognize till the virtue come out, right? He's like, why'd you take that, lady? I'm not here for you. I'm on my way for... No, what happened? She became whole. She became healed. Why? Because he wasn't just a healer. He is healing. He is wholeness. He's everything that you need. It's just not a a big story about someone who come. And for her, I'm sure she really enjoyed Christmas. Because that was her miracle. What do you think of the dude that had the one arm shorter than the other? And Jesus said, I can fix it. So he shrunk the other so they match. <laughs> Is that right? No. no. Oh, he fixed it. Okay, that's what I would have done. Because I've been like, oh, that was funny. Let's play a trick on him. Right? I think that would have been a big, big day for him. About the woman at the well. He's like, I am. You're thirsty, drink of me. I am your water. Why is he saying all these things? Because he's literally, he's in and through all things. There's nothing made that was made without him. <laughs> That's what he's saying. What do you think he meant to her? What do you think Christmas meant to her? It's like, oh man, I gotta get my Christmas tree up and I gotta make sure I got presents and I got, you know, all this stuff going on, and then we'll sing carols, and then oh, and then there's my friends though, they don't do Christmas, they do Hanukkah. 
And so we're going to celebrate Hanukkah too, and we've got to have the lights all for that. And even Hanukkah represents Jesus, the light of the world. He never goes out. She gets real busy, man. But I doubt she ever forgot who Jesus was. Because she saw him as something more than just a man. Just a baby. Like I love I love Talladega Nights. I think it's the funniest movie on the planet. And, and then when they sat down and prayed to an eight pound, seven ounce baby Jesus, would you please bless this, right? And it cracks me up because a lot of us think that way. We just don't say that stuff out loud. And then we get offended when stuff like that happens. Like, hey, let's reveal Jesus. This, this Christmas, let's unwrap a present and let us unwrap Jesus inside us and let him live out of us and give that to people. What better thing to give somebody, man? It says here, He himself was not the light. He only came as a witness. Like this is talking about John the, the Baptist. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Not just into the world, but into you and me. He was in the world and through and through the world he made and through the world was made through and though the world was made through him the world did not recognize him he came to that which was his own but his own did not receive him kind of like a Lazarus tomb are we really receiving him? Are we really receiving him? Are we really receiving him in our lives? And what he wants to do in our lives? Are we receiving a, a religion where it's a check the boxes because they done had that? That was no big deal. Or are we receiving a person? The king of kings. And the Lord of Lords, the one who was here before everything, and he will be here long after. Are we going to receive that? I love it when there's words like but, yet, and here's one of those words. Yet, to all who received him, to those who believed that they could do everything perfect to those who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of God children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will but born of God The Word became flesh. Word is a living expression of God right here in the flesh. That's who Jesus is. He's a living expression. And guess who that makes you? 
It makes you a living expression of him. And there's, the Bible says, as he is, so am I here on this earth. That means I'm seated with him in heaven, but he's living through me here. Me, me and Jesus are one. He said, I and the Father are one. There's no separation between us. We're face to face. We're together. And then he joins us up into that. And he says, like, you've got my authority in the heavenly places, and I'm walking with you, giving you authority through me here in these places. And I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You can't really run from someone who's everywhere anyway. I've tried. It don't work. You bump into them. It's like, you ever see those movies where it's like the invisible man? Nobody can see him, and they're trying to run from an invisible man, and then he'll pop up and boom, oh, there you are. That's what you're doing, except the invisible man's everywhere. And he's not so invisible if we just open our eyes, because I see him everywhere. I mostly see him in you. that good news? So the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen? Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.